Welcome to Inside the Taubman Approach podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Harding. This new podcast is an inside look at the power of the Taubman Approach, an approach to working with playing-related problems such as discomfort, tension, pain, and injuries. Through firsthand experiences and discussions with some of the premier teachers of this approach, we'll be sharing how pianists at various stages of learning the piano have benefited and grown through applying the Taubman approach. Sponsored by the Galansky Institute. The Galansky Institute is on a mission to provide cutting edge instruction to pianists based on the groundbreaking work of Dorothy Taubman. If you're interested in learning more about the Taubman approach, be sure to check out the show notes of this episode and follow links to sign up for our newsletter, to stay up to date with all that the Institute offers, including their premier subscription service that allows you to take lessons on the Taubman approach from anywhere. Let's get into today's episode. Okay, so imagine having a deep love for the piano and its literature, practicing six to nine hours a day, and then your career coming to a complete halt because of injury. Your dreams are in jeopardy and you're found in a pretty low place. Our guest today, Jin Jion, is a passionate musician and experienced this exact difficult season in his life. He believed in the no pain, no gain lie that is in the piano world. He was practicing six to nine hours a day with fingering in his octaves that produced twisting and injury. Stay tuned for that story. For Jin, the pain did not subside right away upon discovering the Taubman approach. But after correcting twisting, adding in and out motion, and shaping, the pain went away and healing was able to take place. Guided by professional teachers within the Taubman approach from the Galansky Institute, he has been able to recover completely and pursue the piano in a deep and profound way. Jin Jian, welcome to the Galansky Institute podcast. Thank you. <laughs> we were we were talking just a little bit before we pressed record here, and I can tell you're a, a musician of great depth and musicality. Where did this love of music come from for you in terms of, you know, exploring it in the piano? Well, <laughs> it's a kind of hard question, I think. But um, I think most of part came from my mom because, you know, um, she wanted to be a singer, but she, she couldn't, you know, she couldn't study. <laughs> so <laughs> there was a kind of ambition that she wanted her son to be a musician. <laughs> so ah. that, that's the beginning how she broke me to the piano lesson. And at first, I have to say that I didn't like it at all because in my generation, somehow in Korea, playing piano was more for girls, not for boys. Boys were doing taekwondo or something like that, you know, soccer and so on. 
So actually, I didn't like that. But after a few years, somehow I just got hooked up, <laughs> you know, playing music and, and singing along with, with my teacher together. So I think that's that's the beginning. What, that is wonderful. So your mother kind of wanted you to play the piano because she was a musician, an aspiring musician herself. And exactly, yes. I see. Wow, that's terrific. And so you began to pursue the piano in a serious fashion. Tell, tell us a little bit about what happened after you began studying the piano and really getting involved with it and really starting to love it. Well, um, I think I was maybe 14 or 15. I was a kind of gifted child in my small city in Korea. So my piano teacher also got very ambitious. <laughs> so she wanted to have me in all competitions, everywhere and so on. So I was actually studying uh, Tchaikovsky's first concerto for an audition. And um, that's, I think that was the moment that I thought maybe, you know, playing piano really on the stage is something that I really love to do in my life. And I told her um, about that. And my teacher who studied in Germany told me that if you decide like that, you have to go to Germany and really explore the real music, not in Korea. So I think that's how it began. And then I came to Germany and studied the piano in Berlin and then... And then there's a more story that maybe we, we're going to get to the injury and get to the Golansky Institute. Yeah. So, I mean, you were loving playing the Tchaikovsky Concerto when you're 15, 16 years old. Felt that it was something that you wanted to pursue. Exactly, uh, yes. As a musical life. And so I would imagine that you were working really hard. <laughs> at playing the piano and practicing lots of hours, etc. Exactly. So, so let's talk about what happened at that point. You're practicing many hours. You're trying to be the very best that you can be. And you received an injury. Tell us a little bit about that injury. Well, um, there was wrist injury, actually. And as I was studying Boeing, you know, the school is quite competitive and, you know, competition was quite high between the students. And I was pressing six to nine hours, very difficult pieces, preparing competition and auditions and so on, like Liszt Mazepa, Lachmanov's pieces and so on. But I didn't know how to practice. <laughs> you know, what I did was just repeat, repeat, repeat until I feel secure about the piece so that I can play on the stage which was almost impossible at that time. Sure. And then um, those bad, also I had some bad habits, like twisting the hand. Also my teacher um, insisted me to play the octaves with one five, one four, one three, even, yeah, to play legato and so on. So repeating those things over and over eventually brought me a serious pain, you know, and then I couldn't play at all. Even I couldn't, you know, stretch my arm <laughs> forward because the pain was so, so severe, I have to say. And then I took a semester off at the school. My teacher couldn't help me at all. He just told me, just take a, you know, break and that will help you. And I took um, many therapies like acupunctures and physiotherapies and so on. So it informed me a lot 
I have to say, then I got back to Berlin and I started my, my degree again. And, you know, as, as soon as practice six to nine hours again, the pain got back immediately. There was uh, something really interesting. I thought maybe there will also like, there will be built right. up. But, yeah. Yeah. But it was just right there and it just came back. So that was the moment that I thought maybe, you know, something is not really working in my playing. I have to change something. And I was searching the solutions on the internet. And I also tried some other um, methods. But, you know, eventually I got to a Taiwan approach. That's amazing. And that's a story of, of many of us who come to the Taupin approach. Yeah, I think so too. Where we are uh, practicing and we are full of excitement and enthusiasm for the instrument that we absolutely love, the music that we absolutely love. And we approach it with great zeal and six to nine hours a day practicing. And you mentioned that you were playing with not just one five in the octaves, but one four and sometimes one three. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, that was a tradition in my, in my class in Berlin, you know, my teacher always insisted to do that. So I, I should do that. Right. So that, and that begins this twisting action. So what was it like taking a semester off? That must have been hard for you. I can imagine that that was a difficult time in your life. Well, yes. <laughs> now I can laugh about that, but at the time it was not really that easy. Mm. Because that means I have to somehow postpone everything and also had to cancel some of my competitions and, and concerts and so on. So it was a kind of hard time, but I also hoped, on the other hand, maybe just one semester break would improve everything, that I would not have any problem at all. Because... Many friends of me in Boeing told me at the time that, you know, the, the injury is not inevitable. It's, it's like, like if you're a musician, every musician has, has like pain. So you have to endure that, go along with that for the rest of life. But, <laughs> you know, it turned out that it's not, there is a solution. Yeah. And so you come back to school, you begin the process of practicing and the pain immediately comes back. Yes. Tell us how you found then the Galansky Institute. What was, was that an internet search? What happened there? Well, um, I didn't search about the Tatman approach, but I was searching about the injury, uh, you know, the, the solutions for this, this wrist pain and so on. Then I got to one website of a former student of Mrs. Golanski in Berlin, and I emailed him because he didn't write about the lesson, but he just wrote, like, he had a blog about the musician's injury and about the Taiwan approach. So I emailed him uh, and asked him if I can, you know, have a lesson with him. So that's how I started, you know, studying this, this approach. Wow. And what was your first kind of impressions when you went to the lesson? The <laughs> I mean, this this had to be a little different than what was happening before. So tell us your first impressions. Well, um, I told about this approach to my friends 
who are also pianists, and they told me that it can't be true because it sounds too good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no pain, no gain, it sounds too good. But it's, right, it's, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> no, no pain, easier gain. That was the motto of Taomai, right? I, I told that to my friends, and then they told me, you know, it's, it's not like that. You have to have a pain, you know? <laughs> yeah. Right, right. So I was a kind of skeptic, maybe I have to say. And, um, but I just thought maybe just give it a chance and, you know, there's nothing left. Now I have still injury. I have to just try something else. And then, um, the teacher at the time taught me about the shaping. You know, he, he didn't start with the rotation because I, I had some concerts, you know, so I couldn't, you know, do all the basic retraining, but he just suggested me some kind of things that I could better. And I practiced them, and that that worked out. <laughs> wow! So when you're... you know, there's there's something else that, that that I didn't know before, so I was more interested in that work. So it began a curiosity in you to say, okay, I have these concerts. Uh, they're showing me how to shape different things. Was the pain subsiding at that moment, or was it beginning to subside in a way? Well, not 100%, but, you know, I somehow I, I felt less pain during my playing. And also one of, one of the suggestions was that just playing the octaves with one five, which was like a taboo. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Indeed. Yeah, Indeed. and that worked out, so uh, I thought maybe there is another way. <laughs> Wow. So what then led you to pursue the Taubman approach with Edna Galansky? Yeah. How, the, that, how did that happen? Yeah, yeah. The beginning was the workshop in Istanbul, Turkey. Um, Darren, one of uh, Mrs. Galansky's students, was living there at the time, and she was holding the whole Taubman workshop there. So um, my teacher told, told me about that. There is a, like a workshop with, with, with Edna Galansky, so I knew that I, I just couldn't miss that opportunity to learn this thing from her firsthand. So I went to there and the very first lesson, I was a bit surprised at how she teaches. And she also told me that something my teacher couldn't see and she just, you know, manipulated somehow my arm and then suddenly something went well. So I was kind of captivated <laughs> in the very first lesson. So I thought maybe I just have to do this after my bachelor's degree. Wow, that is fascinating. So you went to, all the way to Istanbul. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> From Korea to Boeing. <laughs> to Istanbul. <laughs> so what were some of the problems, the immediate problems at that time after going to a Taubman approach teacher and then going to study with Edna, what were some of the acute problems that she was dealing with um, in those first lessons? Um, I still, I can't remember really clearly. Mm -hmm. She fixed some of in and out in my emotion, in my arm, which also cured my twist. You know, uh, the, the transformation or getting out of the pain was not like a, one day thing, but it's, it's, you know, the many good things were there and there and it combined eventually all together. And then, um, after a few months, I really didn't have any pain 
And I actually didn't realize about that. I don't have a pain. <laughs> I, I got that from my mom because I was, you know, regularly um, talking to her. And at one day, as it was in New York, she told me that, you know what, you're not talking about your hand pain. Where is that now? And I was like, you know, I didn't feel that this way. <laughs> wow. So it just began to subside and subside and then eventually no pain. Exactly. All, all from one five and no twisting <laughs> and some shaping and in and out. What? That's amazing. That's yeah. absolutely amazing. But, you know, it's very interesting. That's also the testimony of so many that have come to Edna Galansky and the Galansky Institute, where problems are solved in, in that fashion, where, you know, debilitating, I mean, this pain that you were experiencing was debilitating. And then to experience a subsiding of this pain, and then the eradication of this pain, what a, what a marvelous story. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so you have uh, you have studied this approach now for how many years? Um, I started maybe 2014, I think, with my teacher in Bolin, and then I went to the workshop in 2015, and then in 16 I was in New York. So. I don't know, maybe nine, uh, nine years, 10 years so far. Wow. wow. If you had to choose, what is one thing that you have learned from the Taubman approach that has impacted you the most? And what would that be? What would that look like? Well, um, I would say maybe the mindset of problem solving, I think, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because the Talmud approach is all about how to solve the problems. And, and what I learned is that every problem has its cause and there's a solution for that. So that kind of mindset changed everything, how I approach practice, learn the piece, and also even teaching the piano to the other people. Because, you know, before I, I started this work, teaching piano was something I really couldn't do well because I couldn't understand why some people can't play, you know, well, or, or certain kind of, why they have certain kind of problems. But now I see that with a different eye, you know, oh, because there's a twist, because that's why they don't get to the thumb well, I have to just fix it, and so on. So it's really... Um, that kind of mindset, I think. And so it's, it's, it's that um, seeing a problem, identifying a problem, and being able to solve that problem. Exactly, yes. That's got to be really rewarding in your own playing, but also in your teaching. How has the Taubman approach affected your teaching well, uh, at this point in your career? Yeah, um, it's it, um, as I mentioned before. It's like um, the teaching became for me more like finding the problem <laughs> and yeah. finding the cause and <laughs> offering the solution. <laughs> so. Yeah, and 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 in that way, um, it's almost externalizing the problem. 
the, the like problem it. isn't inside or in inside the person. It's not about the person. Yes, exactly. Because but it's externalizing and, 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 and really dealing with it as a pianistic problem, not a pianist yeah. problem. Yes, exactly, exactly. Because, you know, I also taught in that way and I also taught in that way, which is like telling the students, go home and practice. <laughs> I was making like practice plan. <laughs> right. and, uh, that was, you know, the major part of my teaching before I, uh, you know, studied this work. But now it's, it's totally changed. And, and I think that's very interesting. It is absolutely interesting. It's it's almost more human. Yeah. <laughs> or humane. Yeah. Uh, human and humane. Anyhow, yeah. um, if someone was nervous or doubtful that the Taubman approach might work for them, what would you say to them? Go and give it a chance <laughs> and try it. <laughs> I mean, it's always better than to try than to not try at all, right? So there is a solution, there is something, then maybe it's not a bad choice just to try once. And maybe one can find more opportunities or more possibilities in that. And then, yeah, that's even better than not at all. And this work um, has helped thousands of people, thousands of serious musicians who have come up against a problem, uh, whether that's pain or whether that's just sort of feeling like this certain passage is absolutely impossible to play and impossible to ma uh, manage. But this, this approach has helped thousands of people. And the proof is in the pudding, so to speak. Um, you have given testimony today that if you were to try this, it's going to help you. It's yeah. going to help you to become a better musician and a better pianist, and also to give you a mindset to help other people, to help other people externalize pianistic problems and solve them in, in a systematic way, so to speak. Exactly. And so this brings me to a, maybe a point uh, more than a question, but it's very important then for us to go to the experts, uh, of which Edna Galansky is one of the, the, the leading experts in this approach. When you went to the Galansky Institute, you were also introduced to other experts. Can you talk a little bit about some of those experts that you have learned from? Um, you mean our other teachers like John Bloomfield and yes. Robert Durso, Mary Moran? Yes. Well, um, you know, I actually didn't have a like, private lesson with them, but um, fortunately, <laughs> I could listen to, to their their lessons and also their lectures at the Institute in the Summer Symposium. And also, um, recently, I worked with Robert Durso together because of one of my, my other students. And um, it's really interesting because all four teachers are saying the same thing, but with a different approach, slightly different approach. 
and with a slight different method to to solve those problems and and i I see that this is really something unique in in piano world, I guess because I still remember that in my school in Berlin, all the teachers had different, you know, different opinions. They had different methods. They always saying to me like, oh, "No, you should play like with the much more fingertips or the other things, <laughs> much more from the arm and stuff." But in our institute, like everything is like more more unified, and I think that's that's really something unique that that no one can find elsewhere. Yes, and all experts in this field, in this approach, but maybe coming at it from a different angle here and there, and sort of in in, in a way illuminating the whole approach. Exactly. Yes. Where it's a multifaceted um, uh, discipline uh, in in studying the piano. Well, this has been a wonderful conversation, Jen. I, I so appreciate you coming on uh, this Galansky Institute podcast oh, and sharing you your your wonderful uh, story. Uh, and I wish you all the best in your in your career. And we've got to have you back on the podcast to share even more about your illustrative career. <laughs> and for those of you who are tuning into the podcast, we will have all of Jin's uh, bio information and his website and where you can find him on social media. That'll all be listed in the show notes. So thank you so much, Jen, for joining us today on the Galansky Institute podcast. Thank you so much for inviting me today. Thank you.